0: This episode has been brought to you by one of our patrons, Sean. If you'd like your name shouted out, head over to patreon.com slash today. You have the power for about an hour. This about to winter tower.
1: Joe Biden has been arrested.
0: The deep state is in disarray and has struck a deal with the Trump administration. There will be an experimental surgery that will exchange the faces of Biden and Trump. So when you watched Biden's inauguration on Wednesday, you were really watching Trump being sworn in for a second term. And when you're watching the Trump trials, that is really Biden paying for his crimes. Also, when Trump, as Biden, stammers or slurs his words. That is because Trump is learning to duplicate his speech patterns. Welcome to Getting It On With QAnon. I am your host, da- Wait. Are we doing that? We're not doing that show.
1: I think I think you worked yourself into a shoe.
0: Oh yeah, that that's the wrong show. Well You're listening to Power Playthrough, where, well, that same thing happens. I'm Dan, and with me, as always, is my friend and a man who, as far as I know, has only ever had one face. Freddy, how are you, my brother?
1: Doing alright, man. Doing alright. Listen to this. Yeah. Did you get that? Did you hear that little crisp?
0: That sounded like the distinct crack of a mountain dew major melon, <laughs> am I right? you
1: would be- you would have been right earlier in the day, but right now, what I have in my hand for the first time in a long time, I have a bang cherry blade lemonade.
0: jeez, you know
1: we're, ba- we're banging
0: we're back to banging, Trump is out. They aren't funding his administration anymore.
1: Yep. Fuck them. So Back I can, on the
0: bang train. I, can,
1: <laughs> I mean, let's be real, the CEO is still a fucking lunatic, but he is not um, he's not funding the Trump campaign. So, I feel a little better about drinking this now. I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't feel better, because, you know, it's an energy drink and these things are fucking terrible for you, but...
0: You know, I just watched a um I watched this YouTube channel called It's a Southern Thing. Now, I'm not southern at all. But he the guy that does it does this uh show called Bless Your Rank, and he did energy drinks today, and he ranked Bang as the worst energy drink.
1: What was his, what was his favorite? Monster. That's a pretty basic bitch list. I, it, was,
0: it was seven drinks. It was seven drinks. Mm-hmm. It was Monster, um, NAS, Basic Bitch Red Bull, Basic Rockstar, which I think that, as Vegas boys, we should just be drinking Rockstar. I mean, it's Vegas born and bred.
1: Right, right. Um, um, Rockstar is what I go for, well, back when I was drinking energy drinks. Rockstar, you right now. I, I am right now. Because um, I was able to order Bang from the uh, Walmart grocery delivery app But back when I was more frequently drinking them, Rockstar would be my second go-to Especially the, uh, there's this one citrus one in the Zero Sugar line That was really good
0: My sister's a big big fan of the Rockstar Punched
1: I don't like that one, that one gives me a fucking headache
0: She loves sugar, and she loves things that are red.
1: Why I like Bang so much is because it's like the one energy drink that I actually feel it. Hmm. It's the one energy drink where I actually feel like I get a boost of fucking energy. Yes, it is all derived from, you know, just slamming all this caffeine into me. But still, like, whereas the other ones, for whatever reason, they don't seem to have a... A real effect.
0: See, I always feel the Mountain Dew game fuel, but that's just because it's got... You know, they take a whole bag of sugar and they put it in there. <laughs> and that's kind of what that one does.
1: Game Game fuel I like have an aversion to because a spokesperson came in the Maximum one day and just gave us a case of it. And oh. So, so it was in the refrigerator and we couldn't sell it because... That- that
0: was kickstart
1: kickstart okay
0: another mountain dew product
1: it isn't that's why i was confused well kickstart okay well this has nothing to do with what you said but i'm gonna say it anyway kickstart i have an aversion to because a spokesperson came in and gave the store maximum a case and me and the other guys were like well we can't fucking sell it i mean i guess we could you know just say like it's a dollar but we really can't sell it. And it turns out we couldn't sell it anyway, because no one was interested in it. Just sat in the fridge. So I actually
0: me, ended- I bought all of them.
1: <laughs> so me, me uh, Dustin, and EG were all just fucking slamming that shit. And yeah, it was- oh.
0: The fruit punch one is tolerable. The orange one tastes um- It tastes like a Just like the Flintstone vitamins, like Mm. texture, Mm -hmm. it has that like medicine orange taste, but it also has that chalky texture as you would drink it.
1: One of them, no one wanted to touch, and I had to drink them all. That was
0: probably the grape
1: one. (laughs) That sounds right. One of them I know, like uh, Dustin didn't like, Easy didn't like it, and Russ wasn't having any of them. And so I had to drink, I mean, I didn't have to, right? But I, I'm going to. Yeah. And okay. I, and I drank all of those Kickstarts.
0: Yeah, Game Fuel is just, it's a bunch of sugar. That's all it is.
1: Game Fuel, I get it. Makes sense. Yeah. They they and also it- had, like, the Horde flavors, right? Yes, like they that did. Was part, that was part of like Horde and Alliance when they did the World of Warcraft thing. Because I remember picking up the the Horde twelve packs because you know I was playing World of Warcraft.
0: Yeah, I think they I think that was Game Fuel.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they're okay. They're okay. Yeah.
0: So one of the reasons that we're talking about energy drinks is because Face Off, being a 1997 action film <laughs> directed by John Woo, who is Uh-oh. a living energy drink.
1: Yes, he he was known for just fucking, just cocking him back. In my the man... Nonstop.
0: My man loves doves. Like, John Woo's like, can we have a scene with slow motion doves? Yeah, yeah. that's in my movie.
1: I think that's just in his contract. I think that's just like, you gotta have... You have to have... A space for me in your film to have do- to have my doves, to have the slow motion doves, and what they symbolize. What do they symbolize? Well, that depends on whatever movie we're shooting, stupid. Usually guns.
0: Yeah, he was... <laughs> I think, wasn't John Woo the proprietor of gun-fu?
1: Yeah, because he made Hard Boiled. Yeah. And that's like... That's it right there. That's like the, the fucking, the big daddy of it.
0: <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> also Adam Sandler's most successful film. <laughs> the, big daddy is also the big daddy of Adam Sandler films.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> the movie was written by Mike Werb and Michael Collery, starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Travolta playing an FBI agent and Cage plays a terrorist. Sworn enemies who assume each other's physical appearance. Um. So while I was watching the movie, the, so this one, I had to look up what the budget was. John Woo made this movie with so much slow-mo and a scene where quite a few boats are destroyed. Yeah. And he only spent $80 million on this movie.
1: He just knows what he's doing. Hmm. He just knows what he, he's just maybe he's got a boat guy. I'm sure he's got a dove guy, a boat guy, and a gun guy.
0: Well, this is the first movie where Wu was given major creative control. Um, Face Off earned critical acclaim for its acting performances, especially Cage and Travolta. The stylized action sequence and John Powell's music score. Um, the emotional depth, originality, humor, and direction in stunts. It is cited as Wu's best Hollywood film it was a real commercial success it earned 245 million worldwide and it was the 11th highest grossing film of 97 mm. like this got uh nominated for an academy award for sound effects editing and at the 70th academy awards and i don't think travolta gets many academy awards i mean i can uh, i should look that up before i say that
1: <laughs> uh leaving las vegas and probably let me. Well, Before you go, before you go into that, let's take a guess, right? Take a guess. Let's do the Oscar game. What has... For what film... Like, you... Fuck, I'm sounding stupid, but that's so uh, different than... In
0: Battlefield America's.
1: Earth. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in that. Oh, shit! Travolta's in
0: Battlefield
1: Earth. Well, I thought we said Nicolas Cage. I said Travolta. Well, they're, they're just... Once playing, Nicholas Cage is playing John Travolta playing Nicholas Cage.
0: I I get that. I get that.
1: I'm sorry, man. I just watched Face Off. I'm a little <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> okay, tra- tra- Travolta. Travolta. Travolta has specifically. Oscar game Travolta.
0: He specifically has one movie that he would be an Academy Award winner
1: for. Saturday Night Fever. Right. I
0: was gonna say Pulp Fiction.
1: Oh, that's a good... That, that was his resurgence.
0: Oh, and guess what? He was nominated for Best Actor for both of those movies.
1: Hey, look at that. We're on... We're on either end. We're uh, on either end of the John Travolta roast. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, the, this.
0: the spit roast of John, yeah, yeah. John Travolta? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would love
1: that. <laughs> Okay, so John Travolta, Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What does he have any other nominations for anything else? Uh
0: he had like a BAFTA, a couple of other things, but his Academy Awards specifically yeah. were best actor for those two. Mm. Okay. He's been nominated a bunch, but he's only won one award. Makes sense. So Face Off was originally a spec script with which writers Mike Werb and Michael Collery tried to sell the studio uh, back in 1990, numerous studios, producers, and rewrites took place before John Woo became attached several years later. But the first actors that were chosen to play Archer and Castor were Stallone and Schwarzenegger.
1: Can you fucking imagine? Yeah. Can you... Oh, okay. Well, continue. I can't imagine. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> And you that, know that's what? That's it. That's it. I just wanted to. I just wanted to. One wanted, wanted to know if you thought that was in the realm of something you could possibly see, but you answered that. So, but
0: <laughs> the height difference alone.
1: Yeah, the height difference. I mean, yeah, they're both they're both fucking cut, but they're very different body types. Yeah, very different body types. Like, I mean, yes. it's, it's just. It's they're cool.
0: miles apart.
1: It's cool but like how like that one would at least this one they're both kind of like paunchy dad bods you know they're like at least this one they're like their body types there's enough like with clothing and all that to to like you can see you i can always stand figured
0: that cage was a string bean and travolta was like he was just like a dad he just had a dad he I mean, he was a dad in this movie, so he had a dad's body. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage had a terrorist coke addict's
1: body. <laughs> terrorist coke <addict> body. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does, but they're like similar in stature, similar shoulder width, you know? And that's the important shit. It's like hips, shoulders, and height. Yeah. that's 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 pretty much all that matters, because besides that, They're not, like, drastically different. They're different, but they're not drastically different. It's not like, if one was 300 pounds and the other was 120, yeah, that couldn't, you couldn't imagine that. That couldn't, I just hit the mic, cool. Haven't done that in a long while. The bang! (laughs) Um, that, you, you couldn't do suspension of, like, disbelief with that. Because that's just too drastically different. But since they are, like, you know, within 20 thirty pounds of each other. There's enough with clothes that like they can wear over that it'd be like, oh yeah, that's you know, like oh, Caster's put on a little weight, or oh, Archer lost a little weight. He's doing well with the with the it, death of his son.
0: <laughs> in in the story, they kind of explain it all away where they're like, we'll just sculpt your body to look exactly like his.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's but, that that line, but like
0: Yeah, where they poke fun at John Travolta, and they're like, well, get rid of those love handles.
1: Yeah, you fat piece of shit.
0: (laughs) So, before-
1: Isn't it CC Pounder? That's like, the, uh- I don't have
0: the IMDB up, but I can.
1: Never mind, sorry. My brain brain diverted. She's not like the- she's like the- She's the one that's, like, in charge. She's the one FBI agent that's, like, organizing this whole thing. Yeah,
0: she's Hollis Miller. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But before Travolta and Cage were attached, Wu was trying to cast Michael Douglas and Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then... And then, a little bit later, Douglas, Douglas got attached to the film, and it was going to be Harrison Ford in the other part. Michael Douglas ended up serving as an executive producer for the movie and just not starring in it.
1: Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford, that's a pretty good one. That's that's, that's one I could see.
0: I think that Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger would be an incredible action movie. (laughs) The suspension of disbelief wouldn't it would be you would hard. just have
1: to, yeah you would just have to say fuck it i don't care yeah, we'll yeah. Just,
0: michael douglas and jean-claude <laughs> or harrison ford
1: <laughs> yeah michael douglas and jean-claude van damme i don't know about that one but michael douglas and harrison ford yeah yeah yeah
0: That's, i don't know i i would deal uh, i would not deal i would love it with jean-claude
1: <laughs> i mean of course we would love it with jean-claude but he had to go make well, what did he What do you turn this down for? Probably like, what was it, double threat or triple threat, whatever? I
0: I don't know what Jean-Claude Van Damme was doing in 97, but I mean, like, maybe it was another Universal soldier. Who knows? I mean, the internet knows, and that's what I'm looking.
1: Double team. This is the Dennis Rodman film.
0: Oh, yeah, I would have passed up on this for that.
1: No, I gotta... I'm making a fucking movie with Rodzilla, alright? Yeah. I have no time for your uh your weird uh guns and, and doves film. All right but- excuse
0: excuse me, I need to go cash in this humongous <laughs> paycheck. <Yeah.
1: laughs> God damn. Of course. Of course you would turn down anything. Like like oh, I'm making a movie with fucking rodzilla. Yeah. Duh.
0: Yeah. Paycheck.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a fat fucking paycheck God, all the pictures of Dennis Rodman are him in this like silver fucking breastplate cuirass thing And it's wonderful This looks like a Playstation 1 render And I'm gonna send it to you right now Okay Dennis Rodman in this like silver breastplate It looks like a Playstation 1 render
0: yeah, this picture like looked... will be in the show notes. It definitely does.
1: <laughs> Looks like, like a still from an FMV or something, you know?
0: Was this... Rodman in a Universal Soldier? Because, I mean...
1: No, but Goldberg was in there. So I,
0: I definitely know that Goldberg was in it. I saw that <laughs> on TBS at my grandma's house. It was wonderful.
1: So, like, not as big as a WCW star, but pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> not not the levels of Rodman, but you know, he, he he could he could tie his boots. You know, he could lace I mean, his boots up.
0: Two WCW stars right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one NWO, one streak.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Face Off was released on June twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven. It re- it earned twenty three million three hundred eighty seven thousand five hundred thirty on its opening weekend, number one domestic box office. Like we said earlier, was the 11th highest domestic and 14th worldwide grossing film of 1997, earning a domestic total of 112000000 133000000 overseas. Total worldwide gross, $245,676,146. All right. All
1: right. Did okay um, for itself.
0: How many times have you seen face off?
1: Oh okay, so I think I've mentioned this before maybe I haven't doesn't matter. We repeat things all the fucking time, but at my nana's house in San Bernardino uh, like when I would go there during the summer when we lived here in Vegas and then we'd go like me and my dad would go there to stay for like a month in the summer or whatever um my nana had. A VHS player, and she had a very limited selection of VHS tapes, but they're pretty fucking, like, a great selection. It was... It was Broken Arrow, which was another John Travolta action film, but that one had Christian Slater. It was Face Off, Selena, oh, John- Anything for her. <laughs> yeah, anything. Anything for Selena's. And then... The Jonathan Taylor Thomas Pinocchio film.
0: Okay, solid.
1: So, (laughs) these movies, it would be like, one a day. One of them. So I saw Face Off, you know, like, we'll we'll, we'll ballpark it at about, like, you know, I saw Face Off about eight times, uh, eight to nine times per June. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So, so I've seen it a good, a good fucking amount.
0: Oh, could you believe that since Face Off came out, this is the second time I've seen it. <laughs>
1: that's why we're. That's why we do it this way. I was like, I just, I curate the films that I either like, either I think that are gonna be something. Well, I should say I curate the films that I. F- that I think you haven't seen or the films that I, that I just like have a special fondness for. And this is like, I love, I love face off. I like it, but it's not like, I say I'm not a, it's not my, it's not my favorite Nick Cage movie. If we, if we're to quantify this as a Nick Cage movie and not a John Travolta movie, I mean, it's both, but it's not my favorite favorite nick cage movie but it's up there for sure and it's like face off like like what is there it's so memed now you know and it's got like a it's now got it's a
0: well like it's so memed that that diatribe that i went on at the beginning of the show (laughs) legitimately i found it on reddit next to a picture of the poster of face off
1: It's like cause face off just a one of one of these reviews. I said that we were gonna go from from the most like realistic, the most like the chance that has the highest chance of actually happening to just butt fucking bananas. And there's a reason (laughs) face off is late in the month because (laughs) it is such a nuts concept, fucking. Bonkers concept. It is like... It's a movie now. It's so crazy to think about. Like, movies like Sharknado and shit like that. They're like, ah, you know, we know what this movie's going for. You know, we'll see you on the sci-fi channel. This one is like, here's 80 million dollars. Make it happen. When (laughs) Face
0: Off came out in 97, (laughs) I was 10 years old when this came out. I remember the fanfare yeah. of this movie. I remember billboards for face-off
1: and no one blinking a fucking eye at it. Like no one's like saying like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> you know, that sounds like absolutely ridiculous. Not at all.
0: There's, There's a point in this movie where Nicholas Cage, where, where Archer <laughs> does cocaine <laughs> or like whatever drug he does. And they go, what do you want to do to Archer, who's Caster? Uh, He goes, before we kill him, I want to do a little surgery, and I want to take his face off. And they're like, no more drugs for him.
1: (laughs) These gun-running domestic terrorists were like, (laughs) that's fucking insane, my guy. (laughs) Like, we're not, that's really fucking insane i think you want to take his face
0: off (laughs) face off
1: the whole famous like hand gesture like this even within itself the there's people like the public knows it's insane even within the film the public knows it's insane like like but somehow 97 this was just like triple a blockbuster <laughs> make it fucking <laughs> happen you have a movie like the meg you know you have a movie like i said sharknado stuff like that like movies that are designed to be schlock and like um, uh, what's the term cult favorites you know cult classics cult classics yes like you have movies that are from the get-go they're meant to emulate the cult classic feel like hobo with a shotgun and stuff like that right yeah. Like you have movies just kind of like that's what they're going for. But you had a movie here that like if made today, it would absolutely be like
0: sci-fi channel original. Yeah, yeah, it'd be regulated. Netflix original.
1: It'd be it'd be sent to those dredges. It would not be given an 80 million dollar budget <laughs> to just fucking go nuts with. And that's the wildest thing about this goddamn movie.
0: It That's wouldn't so have Margaret Cho in it. It actually might have Margaret Cho in it, but it wouldn't have <laughs> Gina Gershon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's the wildest thing that it just fucking. It just happened and no one. No one. No one blinked. And they're nope. was like, yeah, fucking make it.
0: <laughs> it would have Thomas Jane in it if it was on sci fi.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would. You'd be looking at, like. Thomas Jane and, like, Aaron Eckhart, you know? The, yeah. The face-off, you know? Because both of those guys are down to clown. You wouldn't well, have, have the biggest stars of the time doing it.
0: Well, on September 9th, 1991, FBI Special Agent Sean Archer, having a great day on a carousel with his son, survives an assassination attempt by freelance terrorist and homicidal sociopath caster troy the bullet penetrates archer's chest and strikes his son michael killing the boy instantly six years later archer's vendetta against troy culminates in his team's ambush of troy and his younger brother and accomplice pollux at the los angeles international airport Troy goads Archer with the knowledge of a bomb located somewhere in the city set to go off in a few days, but he's knocked into a coma by a jet engine before Archer can learn more.
1: <laughs> Unlike they had to keep that detail there. <laughs>
0: Pollux, in custody, affirms that the bomb is real but refuses to reveal its location. At the suggestion of his partner, Tito Biondi, and Special Ops Specialist Dr. Hollis Miller, Archer reluctantly secretly undergoes a highly experimental face and body transplant procedure by Dr. Malcolm Walsh to take on Troy's face, voice, and appearance. Archer is taken to the same high-security prison where Pollux is being held and slowly convinces Pollux that he is Troy. It's actually not slowly. It's just one conversation. (laughs) After gaining the information on the bomb's location, meanwhile, Troy unexpectedly awakens from his coma and discovers his face is missing. He calls his gang, and they force Dr. Walsh to transplant Archer's face onto him. Caster Troy then kills Dr. Walsh, Biondi, and Miller, the only three who knew of the transplant. Except for, you know, all of the surgeons that worked on him. Uh At the prison, Archer prepares to tell Biondi of the location, but is surprised when Troy appears with Archer's face.
1: Yeah. 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 You turned it on him. You thought you were orchestrating this face-swapping shenanigans? No, sir. The controls are out of your hands. I am now you, Sean Archer fucking bonkers dude bonkers like this movie like beyond just the the premise and getting into like the production of it and what like when you break, break it down what it means is that you have Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta playing Sean Archer playing Caster troy Yep. like you have like four levels of actor and character separation that they have to go through and honestly like you may think that like you may not really think on that level because it's such a uh you know action heavy film you don't really think of the kind of like nuances like that because like why would you but if you really watch this fucking movie they do it they actually do it like they both have the kind of the cadence and nuance of the other actor's performance and it's pretty wild it's subtle but it's like it's there it's only subtle in comparison to the rest of the film which is you know like a gang hideout um gang hideout raid with a rendition of somewhere over the rainbow plane you <laughs> know like it's it's only subtle in comparison to the fucking like not so surrounding the not so framing of this fucking film but you really do have pretty good fucking acting job from the other it's like yes they're acting hammy as shit but that's because they're like who they're supposed to be acting as is a hammy as shit actor you have two hammy as fuck actors emulating the other playing different characters like it's 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 like you'll 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 like echo like, you'll Esher stare your mind into oblivion if you, if you, like, keep thinking about it. Like, that's how you unlock, you know, uh, Eldritch Horse. <laughs> it's just there, think, thinking about how this twists and winds into itself. Like, it's fucking crazy.
0: There were a lot of things about the character caster that made me think he had, um I don't want to, I don't know how to say it other than, like, some man problems <laughs> because in the scene where he sets the bomb in the L.A. Convention Center, yes, and then yeah. he he's dressed as a priest when he does this, and then he twerks it for the choir. Yeah, he does it.
1: He does like a fucking windmill headbang. Like he yeah. does the he does a full on windmill headbang, which is you you hit the stance and then you brace yourself on your knees and you just fucking crank your neck. Like you are like Cannibal Corpse's like Hammer Smash face is playing right now. Or like Dahlia, Black Dahlia Murder's verminous.
0: <laughs> but then he grabs a blonde choir member's ass and then comes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have that written down actually. This is one of my notes. This is a Castor Troy molests a choir singer in the LA Convention Center. Because, uh,
0: but exact... at the same time, anytime time he gets a full palm grab on an ass, yeah, he comes.
1: That's uh, because well,
0: I... later in the FBI office, he walks by his assistant and she's trying to tell him about a bunch of stuff, and then he puts his hand on her ass. When a uh,
1: yeah, when. Yeah. A, When she
0: uh, says, the president's on line one, your wife is on line two, and he says, tell the president to hold, and he puts his hand on her ass, and then he comes real quick, and then talks to his wife.
1: We should have that side by side. We should get some stills, because we get to see Nicolas Cage coming as himself, and and we get to see John Travolta as Nicolas Cage coming as John Travolta.
0: Well, I'm about to Google Nicolas Cage coming. (laughs) And, um...
1: Well, that's going to be in your browser history.
0: Yeah. But it is going to be attached to the uh, Power Playthrough email address. Uh, The first thing is an ex-hamster video that says Nicolas Cage, free gay bukkake HD porn video. I'm just going to go to images. (laughs) Oh, and here the first picture is him coming in face off. That's good. Yeah. And now I'm going to... Google search John Travolta. I mean, I guess I'm not gonna look for his cum face anymore. Oh wait, John Travolta. Let's look up vinegar strokes.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh...
0: But yeah, he he comes when he touches butt. He Just... looks he looks forward really to to fucking Archer's wife.
1: He does, he really does, and I get that because, like, what a, what, you know, in your new position as your arch nemesis, who is, you know, one of the top agents in the Fed- Federal Bureau of Investigation, what do you do? What do you do? You, 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 you well, you fuck his wife.
0: Yeah, you see, that was there. But the fact that they introduced his daughter so early and how she was in, like, a revolting phase mm-hmm. that I thought it was going to come to, not only did I fuck your wife, I also fucked your daughter oh. in your body.
1: It. Oh.
0: And I, I was it, like, this is going to go too far.
1: It looms for a second.
0: It looms... For a majority of the movie,
1: no, it doesn't, because it changes. Like, if, it's only when he comes into her, her like bedroom, where it's like it's like this feels, this feels sexy. Like, why does this feel this way? Like, why does why is there's this sexual tension? They're positioning here. This is a this is a this is a father and a, and, a, and a daughter. You know, like what's going he on here? Licks
0: her face at the end of the movie, pretty much telling well, Archer. Is- that he's going to take his daughter and he's going to fuck her using his dick.
1: <laughs> I'm am... <laughs> the possibility of it happening though is only for a second, and then it shows like that's not his interest because like he 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 doesn't like he actually for whatever reason he is the most fair to Sean Archer's da- daughter. Her name's, to... her name's Jamie.
0: Her name's Jamie
1: he's he's fair I don't know, I don't for whatever reason he is the most civil with jamie because not only like does he not fuck her <laughs> but when she has like this rebellious like um phase she's in he doesn't rebuke it you know He lets her indulge in her a bit. Like, just... Because that's honestly a big part of it. You know, when a kid fucking rebels like this, it's because they want to... They want to, like, go against their parents' wishes. They want to just not... You know, like, they don't want to conform to whatever their parent wants from them. And they're just kind of... They're in a phase where... Like, it's a form... It's real formative years. They're trying to figure things out. And he's just letting her. Yeah, that's... Like I said, surprisingly fair. Um...
0: He also beats the shit out of a dude that was trying to force himself on her, and then he also teaches her how to, uh...
1: Defend herself.
0: Fatally wound a man just by stabbing him
1: in the leg. I mean, that's what rapists get.
0: Yeah. And also, a man wearing your dad's skin that, uh, licks your face.
1: Who played the boyfriend in this? Oh, it was! Okay, yeah, like, so, a legit rapist, Danny Masterson. Really? Yeah, Danny Masterson, you know, Hyde from that 70s show. Oh, Apparently apparently he's, like, a multiple rapist, like, because they're, like, during...
0: Um, but just to cover ourselves, at this point in time, alleged rapist.
1: Alleged rapist. Well, he...
0: (laughs) Probable rapist.
1: Well, yes, he, and I guess that could be said, I guess that could be said for his character in this movie. He's a probable rapist.
0: We don't. He was, he was, Uh, he's a molester in, in this. He
1: is a molester. We don't know. His
0: Confirmed le- molester.
1: <laughs> Confirmed molester. We don't know his intentions, what he was going. God.
0: I could, I could say without a doubt. That a hundred percent of alleged rapists are confirmed molesters
1: yeah that's pretty. they
0: they might not be child molesters
1: I think that's a pretty good i think that the that's that's like a good hit percentage right there, like if it, i'm i'm this is in audio format, so no one can see me doing this, but I'm like throwing a dart, I'm like throwing a dart, and it's like where it lands. Where it lands is the probability of of that alleged rapist being a confirmed molester. And you know, it's pretty much the whole board. So. (laughs) (laughs) An alleged rapist. (laughs) What a good rule of thumb. An alleged rapist is, is is still a confirmed molester. So they're still a piece of shit. Yes. Still a reprehensible sack of dog shit.
0: So, alleged rapist, <laughs> but confirmed molester Danny Masterson. Yeah. Did that, try to force himself upon the Jamie, young.
1: Jamie Archer.
0: Yeah, the young archer woman. Yeah. Is what so, they would call her in a true crime
1: documentary. <laughs> the young archer. <laughs> yeah, so. And like he that, did it
0: wearing women's panties.
1: So, Caster. So, Caster does, you know, like, that's. He taught Jamie how to get a Danny Masterson off this earth, which is pretty good, which is pretty fair. Like I said, Jamie Jamie Archer is, like, the one he's, like, fair with. Everyone else, he is so rapey, (laughs) like, so, so uh, sleazy. Uh, We just have John Travolta, like you said, you fucking groped a fellow agent's ass and, subse- like, subsequently came real hard from it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd never even thought of that until you brought that up that, like, I knew, you know, obviously that scene, and I was like, yeah, he's coming, but I didn't, for whatever reason, didn't make the connection that it's the butt. It's the butt. You're right. It's, well, he could eat this... a peach for hours. He could eat a, a peach butt. for hours. He could he... eat Ask for hours, is what that means in layman's terms.
0: He also, he had that FBI agent sit on his lap, and he said, what if I let you suck my tongue? Have you ever had your tongue sucked? Yeah. It hurts. It's not, it's not fun.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't, it didn't hurt, so I'm now. I'm kind of thinking that maybe either the people that have sucked it, on they, my tongue are ca- trying
0: did, to do it pretty aggressively.
1: Either so that means either they did it wrong, or you're like like they did it wrong on your end, or they did it wrong on my end. Well, Some, it felt like
0: they were trying to pull the tongue out of my mouth.
1: Right. You may have just had a, a, a species uh a situation there.
0: Oh. Well, it hurt, hurt. me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you may like you may have been uh, experiencing a sill situation where there is a alien life form trying to get impregnated. With, well, we're
0: uh, getting we're getting real DNA. here on the PP today.
1: <laughs> but um, I want to go back real quick to the, the eat a piece for, for hours because it's like one of the most quoted lines from this, and in fact, it's like. What is the line that Sean Archer, as Caster Troy, practices to modulate his voice? Yeah. Because they have that that on recording. They have that on tape from the uh, the jet.
0: I can eat a peach for hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we We should practice. Do your best. That's also a note I have here. We should do our Nick Cage impersonations. That's, I I guess that's like, if I should put in parentheses, if we have them.
0: Well, why don't we hear yours?
1: Oh, you want to hear mine? I
0: do. I want to hear yours. All
1: right, so we'll, we'll go with the peach, right? So this is Nick Cage. This is, 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 um, Caster Troy talking about eating ass. Okay. Right. Let me let me bring it up just so I have something to read because I am a proper actor. Alright, All right, here we go. Caster Troy, Nick Cage, impersonation. Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. Alright?
0: Oh, that one was good.
1: Okay, now, John Travolta as Nicolas Cage. This is Sean Archer as Caster Troy. I can eat a peach for hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, here. Here's my Nick Cage. You know I can uh, eat a peach
1: for hours. Okay. That's good. That shit.
0: Now here's my genre.
1: Peach. I can eat a peach for hours. How's F- that? Fuck. You nailed it, bud.
0: I'm, I think I I think I think got a future.
1: <laughs> he got it in one. That's, That's insane. Good. That was his one fucking take. He didn't just practice. There not is once. nothing edited here. There is nothing. That was, you're, you're this is like fucking raw. You heard everything here.
0: There wasn't a single thought that I put into it. It's just, I watched the scene, I felt the scene. You this just, might be my favorite movie.
1: You just emulated it. That's insane. That's fucking insane. Like, I mean, the, the listeners just had like a... Like, they could have literally been in your room. Because that is how raw and like organic that was. There was nothing... That's that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. I, I, like, if, if I didn't have this live experience, like listening to you live, this is just me and you coming to each other through mics across town. You know, if I didn't have this... I would be like that. That's bullshit. That's no way. There's no way you could have done that. But like, I I, I witnessed it for myself. Yeah. Or I I, I heard it for myself. That's crazy, dude. You got a yeah. real fucking talent there. I don't know how we haven't capitalized that on the show yet.
0: Thank you, thank you. I'll 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 work on things a little more. We'll see if we can get better.
1: Look forward to that.
0: Um. <laughs> What other notes you got for me today?
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, This is my favorite. Pollux is Justin Goldberg.
0: Yo! Yeah. Yeah. This
1: is, this is something I've had in my mind for a long time, and I brought it up with Alex, and Alex just fucking looked at me like he saw a ghost. And he's like, that is fucking Justin. I'm like, if we made like, our own face-off, if we created face-off, like, there is nobody on this earth that could play fucking Pollux... Uh, that could play Pollux Troy, like our good friend Justin Goldberg.
0: Pollux Troy has a line in this movie where when Jontra, Not Jantra. Where Archer is trying to gain Pollux's trust. And he goes, Why did that guy hit me? And he says you had a sex sandwich with his wife and sister yeah. i spent i paused the movie and i said what is a sex sandwich and i didn't want to google that because on my editing computer i don't i don't look for documentaries like that because you know we can't we can't have viruses in this house
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what do
0: you think that a sex sandwich with a man's wife and sister looks like?
1: Well, this is okay. So, I think the like the 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 most plain the most plain explanation for it is is that he just fucked them both at the same time and they were like the pieces of bread and he was the meat in between. Or whatever you would put in the middle of your sandwich. Maybe it's more bread. I don't know. That's kind. Of, that's like a club sandwich, but like poor. See, like, triple bread. That's a club sandwich, but you. That's a poverty club sandwich.
0: Yeah, just three slices of bread. I've had one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> see, I, I imagine that there was like a lot of jelly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that they were just on like an air mattress in like the main room of the house and there was no carpet and they were just slipping and sliding all over each other maybe that, the, there was no penetration
1: so yeah okay it's, I was going to go on to say the most that was the most plain explanation but obviously this is Caster Troy and from our brief time with him so far up to this point in the movie where this line is set we've come to find out that he is just an absolute fucking fiend so I think that's totally possible. Uh, totally plausible that it was an air mattress, tile floor, or carpet. Uh, just bare floor, air mattress, jelly, three bodies, no pen, no pen.
0: No, there uh, was d- there was definitely a point where he was just standing up, and one was behind him, tongue in the behind, and the other one just had a little bit of had a little bit of caster inside wow. of her throat. Yeah. There was definitely a point of that like so, yeah. at some point like he's definitely a sociopath. He has to have some form of control. Like maybe he also had like a gun to one of her head, their heads. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was just kind of you know, there's S- that kind of thing.
1: Something something to really personalize it as yeah. caster, as this is caster thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. He had his double golden guns that he keeps in the small of his back.
1: <laughs> the the John Woo special.
0: Yeah, the double the double golden guns in the small of the back. The dragon money clip.
1: <laughs> and like the thing of checklets, right? Wasn't there like a? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did have a thing of checklets. <laughs> He had a, he had his Cyclops special sunglasses.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know that
0: that was a Nick Cage thing. He's like, no, they have to be Ruby Quartz. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> because he's a big fucking nerd. Yeah, you're right. They Absolutely. Have, it's they 97- have to be Ruby Quartz. Yeah, it's for fucking most dolphinly, it was a Cyclops thing because it's 1997.
0: For sharks, we have to let Jim Lee know that this is an homage to him. <laughs> yeah. Someone called Jim.
1: <laughs> that's probably, I never, that's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true.
0: You couldn't tell, I could, nobody could tell you anything different.
1: As someone who was never on that set or heard a word Nicolas Cage has ever said in person, that's a hundred percent true. Though, That's just, that's just fact. That's definitely his, that was definitely a Nick Cage move.
0: In the city of Las Vegas, you have never once run into Nick Cage.
1: I might have and not know about it.
0: <laughs> not at not at Maximum Comics. You have never once seen Nicolas Cage.
1: I think he came into two a couple times, but I was like like both times I wasn't there.
0: One time when I was working for the Blue Man Group, I had to get him. I I I mostly dealt with his bodyguards, but I was introduced to him because of it and then I brought up the Oh no, we've met. You've shopped at a comic store that I used to work at. And That's then cool. he like looked at me. And he was like, "Oh. Very cool." And then I sat sat him down and that was about it.
1: Was he was he pretty friendly?
0: He didn't really want to talk. He was there with his son. He
1: Think was so. mostly
0: there to like spend time with his son and I didn't want to.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely.
0: I'm there working. Like. Yeah. I don't care who's there.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to assume uh that you want to speak to me.
0: The the most exciting one for me was Jeff Hardy. That was... No, no, Stone Cold was very exciting. They made me go away when Stone
1: Cold came. That's <laughs> how you know it's a big deal. Like, you're that here.
0: <laughs> the thing is, though, is, like, when George Lucas came, yeah, they put me near him, and I was like, I feel like I'd geek out harder for George Lucas.
1: Like just because they know you're like a wrestling nerd yeah
0: everything. but the thing is is Stone Cold was wearing the biggest gold watch I'd ever seen in my life and you could see him from anywhere in the theater
1: well he has a like he's definitely a man of strong wrists so yeah he, he like he can accommodate a watch like that and it wouldn't look like oh you're you're a boy in your daddy's clothes yeah some and people just have weak wrists like that yeah and that's not to knock him at all. There's I've seen it pulled off with the dangly big watch on a on a narrow wrist. You know that obviously doesn't fit. I've seen it. I've seen it pulled off. But Stone Cold, yeah, those are some strong ass wrists, and he could wear, you know, he could wear a fucking dinner plate on that motherfucker, and it would look right.
0: And then the best part of the night was uh, they kept Stone Cold behind to give him like a super private meet and greet and like show him all the stuff on stage and let him play the stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there was a point when I was in the theater cleaning up and someone said, so what else do you have planned for your trip? And he goes, well, tomorrow I'm gonna drive a big old monster truck. And I fucking popped and just <laughs> walked away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? It's like yeah. fucking like what? You know, you have your illusions shattered when you meet like these icons and stuff like that, and it's not like, but but a few of them, like Stone Cold, or like Arnold Schwarzenegger, something like that. They're they're just exactly as they're portrayed. You know, see, that, that's I perfect. imagine
0: that international icon Stone Cold Steve Austin at his home probably still eats off of a paper plate. And I appreciate that man
1: i do uh, i I do too,
0: yeah that, that's it, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Maybe i've had we,
1: should we just say that at like after every every like after every point or whatever we're, we're like it, when we're doing these reviews just that's it <laughs> <laughs> just, just, all
0: right, yeah. we'll move on yeah. <laughs> uh. No, I might cut out that that's it. But like, yeah, Nicolas Cage is like the any time. I I imagine that Nicolas Cage has some pretty weird sex stuff about him too. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's a guy that's like known for like keeping props and stuff like that. Like he like he doesn't steal them, but he, like he 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 likes that shit. He's a big nerd. Well, he has he
0: the, the Ghost Rider bike.
1: Yeah. He's got it in storage somewhere here.
0: I think he's got the Superman costume from when they did the uh God. the suit tests for him to be Superman.
1: I I mean, I would like I would imagine you want to hold on to that and I hope he did because that's incredible.
0: Well, that's his thing. I mean, like you know, his son's name is Kal-El.
1: Yeah. So I, I would imagine he still he would have the suit earth. Just knowing that he does like request the the props and stuff like that, he like if they let him, I'm sure he has it. And I don't see why they wouldn't let him. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should. Oh, just well here, I, I got the internet right in front of me. Does Does Nick Cage have have a Superman suit? Oh, apparently it's in the Warner archives, so he doesn't huh. have it. In 2018, um. The Superman Lives costume was unveiled on an episode of DC Daily, marking the first time the suit has ever left the Warner archives and been put on display publicly. Hmm. So, like, so they keep the Superman suit where they keep uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Okay. It's in that water tower.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, the sex sandwich, that's where we got off
1: We of. had a sex sandwich, yeah some pen but mostly like um by happenstance or whatever
0: yeah the, the other thing is is the meal that he eats when he gets freed by caster mhm it just seems like the kind of meal that the the caterpillar from it's a bug's life <laughs> would eat yeah, yeah. I just imagine, like, because that guy's voice, like, he looks like a Cirque du Soleil baby, in sure. my mind. Yeah. And I just imagine him sitting there wearing white with, like, red piping around it, just with a huge bib, just smacking food and eating it and going, I need more mustard! <laughs> and, like, that's all the vibes I was getting when I was watching that scene. Is that weird? I don't know.
1: Well, I can say I've never had that but i'm not a like good barometer <laughs> by any means because i just because i didn't think of that didn't mean i thought of something sensible
0: i mean uh, listen listen at the time of recording this uh i've been alone for 2 days which is wonderful <laughs> i've haven't been alone for like 3 years and um <laughs> i've been wearing a towel skirt no underwear, the entire time. <laughs> it's been wonderful. It's yeah. really changed my mind.
1: No, no qualms for uh, for Mister Mcnerney.
0: Getting it on with QAnon.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think you're right. This does sound like. Besides, we've had no mention of any hard-right conspiracies, this still sounds like the content... The Barring that, this still sounds like the content of a right-wing conspiracy podcast. I, I would think this is how it goes, right?
0: So he killed his son, took his... The, they switched faces so that he could get in there and get him better. And now he's out in the world causing havoc, it has to be Antifa. Antifa are the, is the only group that has the power to change faces.
1: So, <laughs> sex sandwich. Like...
0: <laughs> I, I don't... We don't really need to talk anymore about the sex sandwich. It was about, like, the meal. It was a, It's yeah. about his, like, way that he speaks. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's kind of just worried about the $10 million. Yeah. And then he gets... Him and his brother both love the way they look, right? They both think they're very attractive men. Yeah. So he tells Castor that he can't really look at him while he's in Jontro's face. Yeah. So he decides to take his opportunity to track down Archer and follow him. And really, that only culminates in one scene where he goes in, does some drugs, says he wants to take the face
1: off, Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, ends up finding his baby mama, grinding on her vagine for a minute, all Mm -hmm. while Pollux is staring at what's happening, calling Archer and saying, calling Caster and saying, it seems he's found your friends. And it's like, all right, well, it's militia time.
1: Seems he's found your friends. Like, he says that's he has such a weird fucking way of delivering his lines in this movie. It makes sense to tried to give you some cheap Pakistani knockoff. Or whatever he says. Yeah. The bomb casing. Some, some
0: North Korean knockoff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
1: like, it's really weird. <laughs> if someone
0: if someone could bring me a blanket, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And a pudding. A chocolate <laughs> pudding.
1: Caster my shoes are untied.
0: Every, <laughs> every day I try to find a new way to get back inside of the womb. All I would like is to be inside of my mother's vagina.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't you remember, you dude?
0: Fuck, dude, you, you went fuck. you went straight into Kermit. What do you, What do you want me to remember?
1: A song about rainbows. <laughs> you, you fucked his wife and his sister at the same time. A sex sandwich. <laughs> It's like a it's like a middle ground between Kermit and the aliens in Galaxy Quest. Like, you are our last token. You know, like that. It's like in between those two. <laughs> I don't have a Kermit impersonation, but I guess- You I do a little on, bit. If I want to work on one, I, I use Pollux as a basis. and then Yeah, go from you, there.
0: you would get there. And then you <laughs> could sing a song about rainbows.
1: Yeah, I could sing a song about rainbows. <laughs>
0: Have you ever watched Big Bird singing and Green" at a uh, at Jim Henson's funeral?
1: You got to settle um, a, a visual dispute for my brain. Was it like the this just the actor, or was it the actor in the suit?
0: It was the actor in the suit. Oh,
1: no, I... That's insane. I mean, it's not insane. I guess. I mean, I don't know. The.
0: Well, I'm gonna put is it that in the a chat faux for you.
1: Is that a faux pas? But maybe not because this is a man. If because... you want to
0: have a good cry, go ahead oh. and watch this at some point. Oh, that's not...
1: gonna fuck me up.
0: Not when you're. Just do it when you feel like you want to cry.
1: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. That's it... gonna fuck me up. I can already tell uh... just by the 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 grain. <laughs>
0: yeah. At the end of it, he says goodbye, Kermit. It, it, it'll fuck you up. Just if, you're, yeah, if you feel like having up. a cry.
1: That's that's going to fuck me up. That's going to fuck me up.
0: I watched this right before watching the Brody Lee AEW just because I thought that I would get all the tears out. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, I've never seen this, so that'll... This will be a doozy.
0: Yeah, don't watch it now. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be in the show notes for you guys.
1: If you want to cry.
0: Only cry. watch it if you want to have yeah. a good cry.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, this movie had an $80 million production budget. And it made heavy use of action set pieces, including several violent shootouts. An incredible death scene for Sasha's brother. Where yeah. he puts his hand on his neck, looks at his sister, and says, take the kid and get out of here. And she says, hurry. And then he turns to Castor and just lets all of his blood pour out on him. goes, we had a good time.
1: Don't forget the incestuous kiss. Yeah. That's just there for some reason. It's really just there. Like, it's, it's just like, what?
0: So, So, I didn't think that they were brother and sister. I thought that they were lovers. Because, well, I mean, she is brought up as his sister pretty early in the movie. But any chance to get a real nice kiss on Gina Gershon?
1: I mean, Gershon got me Gershwin. Yeah,
0: yeah, Gershon got me (laughs) Gershon. If this was the main show, that would have been the name of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it, this, it, 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 this, it, it, this show so just it, has the name of the episode.
1: Yeah, the, with the, this weird, bizarre world, we we the way we do things. Like, we're just putting down our banner and saying, "I would commit incestuous crimes if my sister was Gina Gershon." I don't
0: Gershaw. think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna commit to that.
1: <laughs> All right, come on, come up here with me, Sam. Proud. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't well, know if I'm going to commit you were to that. It sounds like that's what you're going to say.
0: I mean, in the terms of the movie, yeah. Okay. In terms of the movie, yeah. In terms if of real life, you were
1: a domestic terrorist. Terrorist. If You were a domestic terrorist.
0: Oh yeah, no. If I was okay. a domestic would terrorist, would you kiss
1: your sister, Gina Gershon?
0: Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean Yeah. I'm a domestic terrorist, like I'm I'm I don't think that I don't I don't think that my morals exist. I don't think I have those at that point.
1: I could throw it in my sister because my morals are already so fucking low.
0: I can't wait to save that audio. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it.
1: Damn it. Scrap this whole fucking recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bunk- I knew I shouldn't have fucking, like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Got me again, Dan.
0: Uh, sometimes you just gotta trick them. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes tricking them is getting some audio of them saying some terrible stuff about a non-existent family member, Gina Gershon. <laughs> yeah. Um calling the brothers Castor and Pollux is a reference to Greek mythology. Castor and Pollux are the twins transformed by Zeus into the constellation Gemini.
1: Did you know that? That's pretty cool. I did not know that. That's a that's a that's a good one.
0: Neither did I until Wikipedia told me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that's fucking cool though that's really cool like a they're yeah i can see them being uh contrasting twins
0: so uh this film was nominated for an academy award for best sound effects editing at the 70th academy awards but this lost to another paramount film what movie came out in 97 that would have just knocked this out of the park.
1: 97? Yes. Was Independence Day 97?
0: Titanic.
1: Titanic. Oh. Yeah. That just won everything. Yeah. So, man, couldn't you couldn't even leave fucking some weird award for best sound effects editing? No, fuck off.
0: (laughs) Face Off did win quite a few awards. It won a Saturn Award for Best Director and Best Writing, which wow. And it did win MTV Movie Awards for Best Action Sequence and Best On Screen Duo.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, MTV Movie Awards at the time—that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's 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 that adds that 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 meant something. You know? I
0: used to block, I mean, like, it was 97, I was 10, it's not like I had a, like, really budding social life, yeah. but I remember there were two things that you didn't really go outside for, and it was MTV Spring Break, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, budding boy got to see the triple kiss, and a lot of wet t-shirt contests on TV. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. and the MTV Movie Awards even more so than the VMAs
1: <laughs> MTV M- Movie Awards also like I just loved their their little like uh their bits you know like that, that famous one the the Phantom Menace one so like the the 1999 MTV was Movie that with Awards. Andy Dick? Yeah yeah where he's playing uh, Keodi Yeah.
0: Yeah
1: and they just have fucking Yoda going over and over again.
0: (laughs) For me, that one's kind of overshadowed by the Chappelle show, just Mace Window.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah.
0: The role reversal between Travolta and Cage was a subject of praise, as were the stylized violent action scenes. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film three out of four and remarked, here, using big movie stars and asking them to play each other, Woo and his writers find a terrific counterpoint to the action scenes. All through the movie, you find yourself reinterpreting every scene as you realize the other character is really playing it.
1: I had a real racist moment. Yeah? Because I thought that was the end of his review. (laughs) Like he was exclaiming, Roger Ebert says, Here, using big movie stars and asking them to play each other. Woo!
0: Oh, just because the way it is on the sheet?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought like you, you I thought he I thought he was going whoa and then and
0: You thought yeah. he was trying to do a Zack Ryder?
1: I thought that was a, I thought that was just him excited the he he just saw he just came out of the movie and he's real happy and they're like that's on the back of the DVD. Here using big movie stars and asking them to play each other. Whoa. And then, then he, Roger Ebert. <laughs> I forgot well, be- that the,
0: Peter Travers says of the film, you may not buy the premise or the windup, but with Travolta and Cage taking comic and psychic measures of each other's characters and their own careers, there is no resisting face off this. You got to see. Yeah, that's true. I think that those reviews are really good. There are some bad reviews like Barbara Schulglasser of the San Francisco Examiner. She said the movie's idiotic and argued that a good director would choose the best of six ways and put this in his movie. Woo puts all six in. If you keep your eyes closed during a Woo movie and open them every six minutes, you'll see everything you need to know and have a perfectly lovely evening at the cinema.
1: That sounds like a Like, at the... She kind of, like... I don't know. The second half of that sounds like a good thing.
0: That you can just sleep for five minutes and open your eyes on the six minute, and you go, Okay, I got these six minutes. Let me do that again.
1: I think there's, like... As a dad, I'd be like, Alright, right, we're. Going, that's what we're going I mean, to see
0: I mean, that's a good dad movie <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of Ass-grabbing coming yeah. There is um, A lot of There's just a lot of sex in the movie Without there being any sex in the movie And
1: there's just insane Nicolas Cage faces Oh
0: yeah, like, like, like the face that he makes In the jail when he's getting yeah. Beat up on his first day in jail
1: Yeah, because cause again I mean, what
0: is that face? How is that face Travolta... Cage being Travolta being Cage? Like, how is that face that... that that's just a that's, Cage face.
1: Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Because that right there is evidence, substantial evidence, that Nicolas Cage knows he's aware that he's insane. You know, like, that he's... He's he's, a, he's aware that he's a fucking bonkers actor. Because, like you said, it's Nicolas Cage playing... John Travolta playing Sean Archer playing Caster Troy so he's like on the ground nose bleeding and he's acting like Sean Archer would which is like fuck he just hit me alright gotta get my stuff together but his brother's looking at Pollux Justin Goldberg is looking at him he's like this isn't this is not how my brother acts this not how my brother acts this is a little unusual hey and-
0: one thing more about Pollux is I think that he's a born cuck and he enjoys it <laughs> Well, like he just likes watching his brother fuck.
1: Well, like he like he looks up and he's like, oh, "What's going on, big brother?" You know, and he looks at him. He's like, "Oh, right. I'm, I'm not Sean Archer. I am Castor Troy, and I gotta, I gotta find out where this bomb is. So I need to keep him on my side." So he's like, "Ah, Nicholas Cage." <laughs> you know, it's like it's fucking crazy. It's so fucking. And then like after he does the angel dust or whatever, and his. It looks like his fucking teeth are trying to escape his fucking lips. Yeah, and he like, and he just does that crazy death mask at Gina Gershon.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: like this is this is one of the main reasons this movie is so memeable because there's several f- Nick Cage faces, and Nick Cage is the most like famous of memeable faces because he just. He gives them, you're guaranteed a few in every movie he does. And this this absolutely delivers. And, of course, it's it's a movie that's about faces.
0: You know, Jantra is kind of the most whatever actor in the world. Like, you put him in something, it's like, yeah, he's there. I'll, I'll watch it. He's very handsome. He's talented. But he's kind of like, whatever, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just...
0: But... Jantra of, being cage being Jontra. Yeah. It's kind of that, wild.
1: That's it, something I could snack on. That's something I could I could definitely I'm down for because there is it's like his brand of crazy opposed to Nick Cage's brand of crazy is like I'm he's
0: like like know, I could I could when When Castor goes into Archer's home for the first time and reads his wife's diary and is like, she says, I haven't had sex in two months. And he goes, what a loser. In my mind, I was like, I can imagine John being in a relationship and not having sex for two months.
1: Yeah. That's not.
0: That's not not believable.
1: (laughs) Only it's for like, not. Not because, you know, I'm depressed because. Of my uh, son being killed, it's more for Scientology reasons. And well,
0: I mean, yes to both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta, he's like—I
0: imagine an FBI agent with a vendetta like him has a very hard time getting his dick hard for I think anything th- less than murder of the murder of Castro.
1: <laughs> I think... Okay, Here's here it is. I think what's great about John Travolta's acting is that he doesn't know he's, like, a middling actor. Yeah. Whereas Nick Cage... I think Nick Cage is actually a pretty good actor, but he, he just has a very uh, niche realm. But he, he's, like, very aware of who he is and what he brings to the table and why people hire him. Whereas John Travolta... He thinks he's making something like groundbreaking, you know? Like, look at, um, uh, fucking, um, uh, Battlefield like gun- Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about at some fucking point. <laughs>
0: Battlefield Earth, I'm gonna need at least a month's head- heads up on. <laughs> Battlefield Earth is one of those things where we need to have some episodes in the can before we get to Battlefield Earth, because I need to read all of Dianetics before we touch (laughs) Battlefield Earth.
1: So John Travolta is an actor that is a middling actor that doesn't realize he's a middling actor.
0: With above above average handsomeness.
1: Above average handsomeness. And yeah, yeah, like... And that's not to say he hasn't busted out some, like, great fucking roles. He has, absolutely. Like, Phenomenon. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phenomenon. Michael. You know, like, the list goes on.
0: <laughs> the music video for I Think You Might Like It. <laughs> which is supposed to be the spiritual successor to You're the One That I
1: Want. I Think You Might Like it. It is just, that should be on his, like, gravestone.
0: Have you ever watched I Think You Might Like It, the music video for it?
1: I'm not sure I have. Okay, I well know. one
0: day we'll watch that together and we'll record it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah, so that's I, that's the best way to describe John Travolta. He's like a middling actor that's, that's above average handsomeness, but doesn't realize he's a middling actor. Because he's always given such gusto, like he is giving a culture-shifting performance, you know? It's I like will a... say
0: that the performances that are... that The thing that I kind of wish that would have been leaned into more is that Cage's performance as Archer, mm-hmm. he constantly looks like being in that body is putting him in pain.
1: Yeah, it's taxing. Yeah,
0: yeah. and being in an Jantra as caster looks like this is just another con, and I guess that plays to both the characters of it, it like, does.
1: Like,
0: like I'm he, in the body of the thing I hate most, and this guy's like I can use this body to get much further ahead.
1: It's a, it's a it's very much what would happen if like Batman and Joker switch places. Batman would absolutely fucking hate it. Joker would be, you know, driving the, you know, driving it like he doesn't own it, you know? Because that's just them. That's their kind of, like, dynamic. Joker absolutely loves what they have. Batman fucking thinks he's quelling a menace and everything.
0: That's actually, like, the perfect thing, because the way that this movie ends after the boat crash, that would definitely kill both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And they get... And they get into the fight with the harpoon gun.
1: <laughs> oh, more movies need to climax with a fucking harpoon fight. Like, harpoon.
0: <laughs> and Caster realizes that he's going to die and he goes, oh, you're always going to have my face because I'm going to leave your face too fucked up to take back. And he just starts carving his face with a piece of broken glass. I was like, that's a fucking Joker move and a half. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah it is. Like, oh and he's also after he gets like impaled by the fucking harpoon, he's singing the song he was singing earlier in the movie. Like Take when the he was grabbing run, baby.
0: Uh Papa's got a brand new bag. Because <laughs> that's the song that he was, that was playing when he was creeping on his daughter, not daughter.
1: No, no, he's singing it like because in the the airfield when he's got um when he's got Caster Troy at gunpoint and he and and like Caster Troy's out of bullets and he gets on his knees and he sings "Ready for the Big Ride, Baby" and like John Travolta as as Caster Troy playing Sean Archer, fucking s- sings the same song, but now he's like half his face is peeled off and he's like pinned to the wall by a harpoon and he just fucking singing it still, like, it's fucking really demented Joker shit, for sure.
0: After he's just carved his face up. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but that's... if The movie fucking works, the movie makes sense, as weird as it is to say, like, you can meme it all you fucking want, and it's like, yes, it is like a you know, cult favorite and shit like that, like every... It's, it absolutely deserves its spot, but when you fucking just examine it objectively, it's a fucking... It's a cool film, man. It's it's really wild, it's really entertaining, it's 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 worth um it's worth a watch, it's worth a rewatch. Like it's good shit.
0: Yeah, I mean some stuff's wild. There's a lot of real conveniences like your face'll look the same, your body'll look the same, but your blood types won't be the same. Yeah. And when he gets in and goes, I have O-negative blood. He's got AB-positive blood. Like, just check it out. And then she has that pen that can instantly, that can poke into your skin and immediately take enough blood for a sample. And also, why didn't my man wake up after getting stabbed? I mean, he did a little bit, and then he just went back to sleep.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know. If you stabbed me in my sleep, I'd wake up. And, and then, and,
1: and there's also the part, like you know, like we said, there's like the body sculpting shit, right? But they didn't do that for Caster. They only did that for Archer, so he could have the body shape of Caster.
0: No, they, well, he they had didn't... the surgery, so right, he probably he... asked for the body shape because he got the hairline thing too.
1: That's true. That's true. That's true. You got me there. You got me there you got me
0: i mean it probably would have been better and funnier if it was john travolta's face with nick cage's haircut
1: in the movie oh my god what a oh, what an edit that would be like, <laughs> <laughs> would just keep your fucking just keep your respective hairlines. that would have been incredible would, oh god but yeah, I think this movie fucking. I think it fucks. It's a good time.
0: It does. It yeah. does fuck. It's a, It's a sex sandwich.
1: It's a sex sandwich. In, in, any, you know, any pen that happens is just like a byproduct. It's not really like something that was intended in a sex sandwich because you're 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 really about getting that non pen coming.
0: Well, definitely something that's going to pen you is that Paramount Pictures, announced in September of 2019, plans to make a remake of Face Off with a new cast. Dave Permut will be the executive producer, Neil Moritz to produce, and Oren Utsiel to write the movie.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I'm down to watch it, absolutely. But, well, like, this, uh, this is definitely... I don't know how you're going to capture lightning in a bottle twice.
0: Well, the one thing that we'll see definitely is you guys next week on the final episode of the January series, New Year, New Me. So thank you so much for listening to our show. And, Freddie, I've got a little tidbit. I've seen that movie a lot.
1: Yeah. As I'm sure everybody has. They better have. If not, you're in for a good a good time. Like because you're you're gonna go watch it and you're gonna just you're gonna love it.
0: You probably won't be surprised about the detail that my brain is stuck on, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's gonna happen. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We appreciate you and your patronage. We see that one more of you join the Discord. Arthur, welcome. We love you.
1: Kisses, kisses. There you the, go.
0: The other two of you need to join, and one of you is on my friends list here on Discord. I just never see you on. Hmm. Yeah. We'll Real cool, up. huh?
1: Well, we're gonna fix that. We're gonna yeah. get you.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely gonna get you sexually. Yeah. Um,
1: eat that peach <laughs> for hours. That's what we're gonna do to you.
0: Thank you to Rainer for the use of our theme song, Power Playthrough. If you want to support them, head to Rainer.Bandcamp.com, buy some merch, pay what you want for some music. But also, I want you to find a peach, and I want you to pull the pit out, and I want you to carve the Rainer logo into that peach pit. And I just want you to throw it into cars with open windows this week. That's how you're gonna be promoting Rainer for us. Is you're just gonna go carve Rainer into a peach pit, and you're just gonna walk up to a car window. It has to be an open one. I don't want any broken windows. Okay, throw one in there. If you run out of peach pits, just start just start buying bomb bags from the ice cream man. Throw those into open windows.
1: And then and then at that point you have to scream Rainer because you obviously can't you know
0: can't do it. Oh, yeah, and if you're walking down the street and you're at a stoplight and someone has their passenger window open, uh, what you need to do is put your head in their car and just scream Rainer into the, yeah. the driver's face. Yeah. Just scream it into their face as loud as you can. Okay?
1: We really appreciate you. We do. For doing this.
0: <laughs> Follow us on social media. You know where it is. You, you tag us and stuff when you post about it. We'll do a little bit more Derwin the Destroyer content, because that seemed to pop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, there's plenty to say. There's def- there's there's Yeah, there's plenty to say about Derwin.
0: And Arthur, if you've got Derwin stories, come on and tell him, because he might be my favorite wrestler. Like, no, uh, this no disrespect. No disrespect yeah. to you, because Papa Jace is... Definitely. He's an incredible character and incredible talent to watch. But I've never gotten more enjoyment or more comedy out of a match or just a personality than Derwin Noir.
1: This isn't and and if you think we're like, you know, we're kinda of like Hammond for the mics, Dan has said this like several times. And several times, just <laughs> No one recording. This isn't for... This, like, isn't a... This isn't a bit. Dan has said this several fucking times. One of
0: my biggest regrets in life is not buying Derwin's t-shirt at an FSW show.
1: The fucking... The stripper pole one?
0: Yeah, the one that says, Do it like Derwin.
1: (laughs) Whatever that fucking means. (laughs) Yeah, you fucked up. Not getting that. (laughs) because even, like... That's one of those that's one of those like inexp- like that's one of those fucking shirts that you don't have to fucking explain it just <laughs> it's it's like a a very small price to pay to make yourself extremely like memorable to whoever happens to see you in it because they're going they're gonna be questioning it for the rest of their fucking lives like...
0: <laughs> what the fuck did that shirt mean? <laughs> Right. You got anything
1: else? So, fucking, Big Daddy. That was his most successful film. Like, it still technically is. It's the oldest, like, it's the oldest film um, out of his, like, top five. Are we back on Adam Sandler? Yeah, because Hotel Transylvania is, like, the. Like, Hotel Transylvania, Grown Ups, and Click. They're all, like, they all beat it. Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2, sad to say. Fucking Price. But, um,. Yeah, Hotel Transylvania three hundred and fifty eight million, grown ups two hundred and seventy one million, two hundred and forty six million $246 grown ups two, click was two hundred and thirty seven million. Big daddy, two hundred and thirty-four million, but that's ninety-nine money. That's big daddy money. Big Daddy is the big daddy of, of films. Literally.
0: Alright. Sloppy movies. Well that's it.
1: i yeah.